Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Josh Centers of Titbits. We'll be talking, of course, about this antitrust lawsuit against Apple's App Store and the Supreme Court decision. We'll also hear from outspoken commentator Peter Cohen. All this and lots, lots more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So we have Josh Centers of Tippets joining us with a lot of things on the agenda. And first thing, I want to talk about the U.S. Supreme Court and Apple. Because there is an antitrust lawsuit, I guess, from customers of the Apple Store claiming it's an unlawful monopoly that Apple exploits to charge this 30% commission. They also, of course, whether Apple should allow another App Store. So you have an option. You don't have to go to Apple. Now, this went to the Supreme Court not to decide the merits of the case, but to decide whether the case can continue. And this is weird because the Supreme Court, as most of you know, is made up of five members who are considered conservative. Roberts, Thomas, I can do this. Okay, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. Conservative. The liberal members, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer, and Ruth Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I named them all. Isn't that amazing? Very good. Now... We would assume here that this would be long party lines. So the ruling in favor of the case continuing was by the liberal justices plus one other, Brent Kavanaugh, who wrote the ruling, by the way. And that I thought is strange because everyone thought this guy is the arch conservative. He was put in there because... He was recommended by this organization that recommended potential judges to the Trump administration. And he read it off a list. Of course, we had that contentious hearing with Kavanaugh. We don't want to get into that. But he wrote the decision, the conservative. Stranger things have happened. Now, I can understand this in some ways, but I don't think the people who are applying this lawsuit understand why Apple keeps the app store to itself what's your take on it well it's always fascinating uh you know that they'll nominate a you know what they think is a liberal and they end up being conservative and and vice versa and you know sometimes these people are wild cards like like justice roberts has very much been a wild card right who's seen as extremely conservative when w nominate him and uh, he often votes, uh, you know, in favor of more liberal interests. So, so that's always interesting. Just to mention Roberts before you go on, he is very much concerned about the court as an institution. He doesn't want to be perceived as partisan. So that may be why he has made certain votes, not necessarily because he believes that, but because he's doing it in the interests of history, the institution of the court. Just to point that out. But yes, he's become less conservative over the years. Well, anyway, uh, so as for this itself, I mean, I don't I don't see a problem 
Uh, I mean, like I haven't studied this real deeply, but I don't see any problem with this antitrust case. I mean, and I understand the reasons Apple does what it does, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of problems that result from Apple keeping a monopoly over, you know, who can distribute software on on the App Store, um, and it really puts Apple in sort of a, an interesting position. You know, for instance, when Apple declares, "Oh, well, we're not going to allow this app." Even though it doesn't break any app store rules, it goes against our corporate values. You know, and I made a video about this on YouTube a while back. And, you know, really the, the thing is, the question is, who owns your iPhone? Let's say there's an app that you want to use and Tim Cook doesn't, uh, but Tim Cook doesn't think you should be allowed to use it. Well, hey, you know what? I pay uh, about $60 a month for the privilege of owning an iPhone 10. You know, I want to be able to use the apps I want to use. You know, and I, I don't particularly want Tim Cook telling me what I can and can't use. You know, there's there's a lot of times when I appreciate, you know, the uh, the curated nature of iOS. You know, it, it certainly keeps you know the viruses and malware at bay. Well, somewhat. I mean, there's but there's still tons of scam apps in the App Store, and this is one of my big problems with how Apple runs the App Store is that they'll they'll ban things for philosophical reasons, uh, and but then. The app store is chock full of scam apps. So it really makes me wonder, like, well, you know, who is Apple doing all this curation for? Because it, it seems more like Apple's more interested about its own interests than my interests as a user. So, I, I mean, at least on, on that sort of very shallow level, I'm totally fine with this lawsuit going forward. And uh, this is something that should be uh, examined under existing antitrust law. You know, and quite frankly, and I've been very open about this in the past, and a lot of people don't like this take, and that's fine. I don't, I couldn't care less. I think Apple should allow some sort of sideloading, just as Google does with Android. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's easy to enable, you know, because there's certainly a lot of downsides to it. But I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to who owns your iPhone. You know, who has the right to decide? what you run in your iPhone. Is it you, the user, or is it Apple? The other thing here, of course, is that in the meantime, this could take years to decide. In the meantime, Apple ought to be a little more open about allowing apps that may not meet Apple's, as they say, principles, as long as it's not hate speech, of course, or something illegal. Let the apps appear there as long as they work and do not present any security problems. They have to be a little bit looser on that. The other thing here is that the 30% commission, now I guess that's fair. I don't know what it costs to run an app store. I don't know what it costs to have a team of people curate those apps. But I certainly think that maybe Apple, with all the money it has, should consider, you know what, let's make it 25% give the developers more money, 20%, whatever it is, give the developers more money, maybe more apps will be sold at the end of the day because more app developers will be encouraged to sign up. The problem, obviously, with sideloading, and you can do that by jailbreaking your iPhone, of course, the problem with sideloading, of course, is security. And it's not just Apple having control, it's the security issue. And as you say, it's not perfect even with the App Store. So if someone else set up an App Store, would it require Apple to license it to make sure it meets Apple's standards? Say, okay, you can set up an App Store, you can sell your apps, but you have to meet our standards. 
How about that? Well, in that case, then you know, what's even the point? If Apple has to sign off on it and, and give them rules for their own app store, I mean, why not just sell it through the Apple app store? It's a question of security. That's all. You know, when it yeah, I mean, I guess it could be like on the Mac where apps have to be signed, and and, and as long as the only requirement for being signed is that there's no security problem. Although that's one of those things. See, part of the problem is, you know, you can very easily, uh, you know, warp the definitions of of things to include stuff you don't like. Um, I've seen that time and time again. As as far as the thirty percent commission. Uh, you, you know, that's something I think that's between Apple and and Apple's developers to decide. I don't think the government should be saying what Apple is allowed to charge there. I mean, you know, the government may end up disagreeing with me, but I don't think that's the government's place. Um, I mean, it's, and then again, that's something else side loading solves. You know, then you have the question of, well, is it worth the 30 percent cut? to get all the benefits of distributing through the app store or you know we're going to go it alone or go through another app store you know there's an example of this let's hold the example to our next segment okay right. we have josh centers of tidbits he's managing editor over there we're talking about the fact that an antitrust lawsuit related to the app store will be allowed to proceed because of a ruling by the supreme court more to come on the tech night out live <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Josh Centers, you are about to say. Yes. So the example uh, I was going to use yeah, for Android is the game Fortnite, which uh, right now is probably the biggest video game in the world. And it's distributed on iOS through the App Store. But when they finally came out with the Android version, they decided not to distribute it through the Google Play Store. They distributed it on their own. And so you have to go through sort of a convoluted process to install it. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the Apple sphere who criticized Epic. That's the developer of Fortnite. They criticized them for that and made, you know, use this as an example of how much of a mess Android is. But it's, it's kind of an unusual case because there's not a lot of big name apps like this where you have to sideload it. This was just sort of a, you know, they made the cal- see, but See, there you go, though. See, they had Google avoids any kind of antitrust thing because. Epic, you know, did the math and figured, okay, our game is super popular and we can get away with this convoluted installation process and not have to give any money to Google. You know, I haven't heard a lot of complaints about it since, you know, I don't, I don't know how popular Fortnite is on Android and I don't really know why you'd want to play a game like that on your phone. I I find it 
to me a miserable experience. But anyway, the point is, is that, you know, there's not a lot of people complaining about it. You know, like once you got it installed, it wasn't a big deal. And if you don't want to turn on side loading to install this one app, then you didn't have to, you know, so everyone involved had consent. Everyone involved had a choice as to, you know, what they wanted their priorities to be. So, I mean, as, as messy as Android uh, is in many ways, you know, I, I do think side loading uh, in that environment has been a success. Now, you have some some weird examples, like, for instance, the Amazon App Store, where it's like you can you can install your own app store on the side and, and Amazon kind of takes your phone over uh, stuff like that. You know, so, um, you know, it, it can be a little weird. But I think overall, on you know, that's one uh, aspect of Android that's been a success. And I understand why Apple has been against it. I understand why a lot of Apple users don't like the idea. But when it comes to you know avoiding these these big questions, you know, and avoiding calls of you know accusations of censorship or monopoly or or whatever, I mean, it's it's the easy way out. It's the relief valve. Well, the whole point, of course, is against any exclusive app ecosystem. So, like Amazon with their products. What about gaming systems? You have multiple options with which to get games. No, and that's an interesting point, right? Because like you can't just you know fire up your PlayStation and go to the Microsoft Game Store and get a game. You have to get it directly through Sony. So at least in theory, the same thing could apply there. You know, as to what the difference is, uh, you know, there isn't really any real difference. Just more, I think, of a difference of expectation because game systems have always been closed off and personal computers have always been very open. And when it comes to phones, you know, it's kind of been a mix. You know, the iPhone, of course, was what set the standard and it's always been very closed off. But Android has always had that level of openness. Uh, Previous smartphone platforms were, you know, pretty open. You know, that's that's kind of an interesting question. That's something, you know, judges in these cases are going to have to decide. I mean, because it could be a ruling that, that forces companies like Sony and Microsoft to open their gaming platforms to to other developers. You know, there was a there was a case, I don't know what the what the legal how the legal case went here, but Nintendo uh, got into it with a company called Tengen back in the early 1990s, late 80s, because Nintendo required licensing to develop games for its Nintendo Entertainment System, and this company called Tengen just made their own games. Uh, and it was it was interesting because all the NES cartridges at the time had a very distinct style and they were gray. Well, these cartridges looked totally different than a regular NES game and they were black. <laughs> so it was just like a total like off brand kind of. But it was like legit. Like I can't remember what all games were released by Tengen, but there were some that were like, you know, legit. I mean, they weren't just like made up knockoff games. They were like legitimate games that had been on the arcade and whatnot. And uh, I don't know what the what the legal case was there. I. I I want to get. I want to say Tengen. I think lost, but I I couldn't tell you for sure. That's something I'll have to look into, and and um, you know maybe when if Tidbits follows up on that case, uh, that'll be something to refer back to. Uh, so it's just gonna be interesting to see how that turns out. I mean, I'm generally on the side of freedom, and so I'm I'm going to uh, you know my personal bias is I'm in favor of side loading. You know, perhaps with some safeguards in place. I mean, it's really up to Apple at this point. If Apple doesn't want a judge to decide this, I don't think Apple does. Because let's be honest, most judges don't understand the intricacies and subtleties of technology. You know, I mean, look at Lucy Coe and all the stuff she did in the um, 
in the Apple iBooks antitrust case. So if they don't want a judge to decide this, then they're going to have to get on top of it. You know, I think the best way to do it would be to introduce their own somewhat sanitized sideloading system. And then Apple can go in front of the court and say, look, we have done, we've taken steps to address this in good faith. And, uh, you know, please do not rule against us. Please do not set a ruling on this. We're handling. I mean, and that's nothing terribly unusual. I mean, it's the same reason why the MPAA rates movies. It's the same reason why the ESRB here in the United States rates video games, because they didn't want the government to come in and tell them how to make a movie or how to make a video game. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's just one of those things, you know, when when the government, the eye of <laughs> the figurative eye of Sauron starts looking at you, to, you have to take your own action, your own corrective measures to keep it from being something you were forced into. And bear in mind here, too, it's going to probably take several years for this to wind its way through the courts. Regardless of the initial decision, it will be appealed. That it may get back up to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court was not ruling on the merits of the case. Only that could take place. You might have a different complement of Supreme Court justices there, different president, etc. And decisions may not be predictable. But as you say, maybe Apple would find an official way. I mean, there are Apple standards for cables, for iPhones, although you can buy cables that don't meet those standards. Apple has standards for authorized dealers. So an Apple-authorized app store that simply meets Apple's requirements for security and privacy, and the rest, it's an open game. That's where the question would be resolved. This is an Apple-authorized store, and that kind of solves the problem. Yeah, I mean, it would. You know, we'll just have to see what happens. You know, I, I think the smart thing for Apple to do would be do something like that that they still will have some level of control over because, you know, and as you pointed out at the beginning of the call, you know, Brett Kavanaugh was a total wild card here. You know, Justice Roberts has been a total wild card, you know, especially in the past few years. So if you're Apple, are you going to roll the dice and take a chance that this sort of unpredictable, especially since we have new members, right? We have, we have some new people who, you know, you have, Kavanaugh and uh, Gorsuch, you know, who are kind of new and not terribly well known yet, at least how they're going to behave in the Supreme Court. You know, are you going to roll the dice on that and risk a major precedent being set that would take decades to undo if it doesn't go your way? The thing to bear in mind, too, is that Kavanaugh might be doing this to be politically correct because people expected him to be predictable. And this way he shows I am independent. We have the independent Josh Sanders of Tidbits. More to come on the Tech <laughs> Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it.
The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Missouri is the latest state to pass restrictive abortion measures. Governor Mike Parson. I think that's important. I think that's showing Missourians values, and it's a piece of legislation that will be signed in the near future. Democratic Representative Carrie Ingle. There's really no words to describe it. It feels like we're failing the state of Missouri. The bill increases tax credits for donations to pregnancy resource centers. Women who receive abortions after eight weeks would not be prosecuted, but doctors who perform them could face up to 15 years in jail. The weather is not yet spring in some places. Brian Hurley is lead forecaster at the Weather Prediction Center, and he has bad news for the nation's heartland. Thunderstorm activity, some of which can be severe, damaging winds, uh, hail, uh, but also certainly with that said, uh, the threat of flash flooding as well. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older. But it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
But as I said, I will not predict what the United States Supreme Court will do, because remember, it may be two or three years down the pike before they have a chance to rule, or Apple may devise a settlement. Like I said, maybe an authorized side-loading app store where the technique is not difficult, and this way there's an alternate source, but since Apple is certifying it for privacy and quality, what's the deal? What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, of course, we're speaking purely theoretically at this point, so we'll just have to see what Apple does. And WWDC is coming up very soon, so there may be an announcement in regards to this there. It would certainly solve a lot of problems for Apple, uh, politically and legally. Oh, indeed. So, obviously, Apple's stock price has been impacted somewhat. The feeling is Apple will lose money from this if they're forced to, what, lower the prices, lower the commission, allow a second app store to open. I suppose, but if it keeps more customers buying iPhones, maybe it will pay for itself. It's not as as if Apple's going out of business tomorrow. Have you, Josh Centers, been reading much about this zombie load issue? Not as much as I probably should. I've heard about it. Now, of course, uh, this is uh, embedded in the Intel chips and uh, there is a fix out for it for the Mac, and of course, uh, but now you cannot you can't totally mitigate it unless you uh, turn off hyper threading, which would severely dampen performance. I will say that I will say this much about it: it's it's not doing Intel any favors uh, <laughs> on, in terms of negotiating with Apple. Well, this is the second time a set of vulnerabilities were discovered that they had to patch. And I gather older Macs cannot be patched. Regardless, this is just telling Apple, get the ARM chip compatible with Macs. Forget about Intel. Intel couldn't produce 5G modems. They had to go back to Qualcomm, give them four or five billion dollars. So, you know, this is just another nail in the coffin for Intel. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... It's definitely bad news for Intel. It's getting to the point where Intel is more of a liability than an asset for Apple, right? I mean, in some ways, Intel's degradation is even worse than Motorola's because while Motorola had fallen behind Intel, at least they were still producing pretty good chips. I mean, even if, you know, they were a lot slower than Intel's. Intel is just straight up at this point. You know, they have two they have two problems. First of all, their older chips have turned out to have these enormous security holes, which, you know, I mean, who would ever thought a CPU would have a security hole, but Intel's managed to do it. And their newer chips are not progressing as expected. You know, they're I think right now they're stuck on 12 nanometer. And I think they had promised Apple eight to ten, eight, you know, eight to ten nanometer by now. Um, which uh, what we're talking about there is the die size and what the die size affects in plain English, is um, it's not so much speed as it is power consumption and heat output, which is uh, extremely important if you're a company like Apple that designs around extremely tight tolerances, you know, and you, and you design everything to be a closed system, you know, like for instance, an ultra thin laptop. You know, and one of the things I've heard uh, from sources connected to Apple is that a lot of the blame for the bad MacBook Pro keyboards has been lo- uh, levied on. Intel internally at Apple, which a lot of people, I, I mentioned that publicly, a lot of people messaged me like, what the heck? What, what, that doesn't make sense. 
Well, it's very simple. Apple made one design. And mind you, Apple designs a case for a, uh, a chassis for a laptop and they expect it to last about five years, right? Like th- this is the cycle they're on. It takes them, it's a very kind of slow cycle. So you design it with a, a eight or 10 nanometer chip in mind and, and design it to very tight uh, tolerances in terms of heat and power consumption. And then time comes, you're ready to build the machine and, and Intel says, oops, uh, you know what? We don't have those chips. Sorry. We have the same old hot running chips we, we have been. And it kind of it put Apple in a corner. And so my understanding is they had to do a lot of last minute uh, reconfiguring to get things to work. And I think the smarter thing to have done would have been to stick with the old design, but that's not what Apple chose to do. I mean, I, let me just be really honest. If, if this is actually what Apple's telling itself, I think it's a little bunk. I think there's better ways Apple could have resolved this, but I, I think Apple's stance is we must be moving forward, whether anyone is coming with us or not. You know, like we have to keep innovating because there was so much pressure put on Apple, especially Tim Cook, after the death of Steve Jobs, that Apple has to innovate at all costs. And uh, we, that's led to some kind of stupid product designs. So that's where we are. And so, it, you know, the way Apple sees it, Intel is holding them back from creating better laptop designs. It's making them uh, put a lot of uh, design errors into their laptops that shouldn't be there otherwise. So, you know, long story short, Apple has a lot of reasons to get rid of Intel at this point. Intel has really become a huge liability. Of course, you know, there are some big questions like, well, what about boot camp? What about Windows compatibility? Uh, what about Linux? You know, which, I mean, Linux doesn't really run great anything with a T2 anyway, but that's another conversation. But, you know, it, it does create a lot of problems for Apple. And so I think this marzipan thing uh, is going to end up uh, with, uh, you know, end up being one of the bridges between ARM and Intel. And uh, so I, I'm expecting a lot of really interesting things at WWDC. They're going to point more in this direction. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous how Intel's been behaving and, and how Intel's been performing, in, you know. So, well, you know, that's, uh, yeah. uh, that's just kind of where we're at. You should explain to our listeners, because they don't follow all the buzzwords, what marzipan means. Ah, uh, uh, so marzipan is... You know, if, uh, you know, on uh, Mac OS Mojave, there are some apps that Apple has ported over directly from iOS. And uh, like, for instance, the home app, the news app, you know, if, if you're not real technical, you might notice those apps look a little different than a regular Mac app. And the reason is, is it's built on something that Apple internally calls marzipan, which marzipan uh, in p- very plain English lets them take an iOS app and very easily bring it to the Mac. Um, you know, basically, you, you click a button in, in Xcode, and instead of producing a Mac app, instead of producing an iOS app, it produces a Mac app. Um, and it's I, I get these two mixed up because, like the old the old framework that Mac apps are built around is something called I think AppKit, and then the new one that iOS apps are built around is called UIKit. So it, 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 what that means, basically what's happening is Marzipan lets you use UIKit, which is the iOS framework to build a Mac app. Um, but, you know, like, like I said, in plain English, it means you can just pull over an iOS app and put it, drop it right on the Mac. Uh, and so what's, what's thought to be happening, what, what's thought to be announced for this next version of Mac OS is that this is going to be opened up 
to third-party developers. So someone like, say, Marco Arment could take uh, his podcast app, Overcast, which has never been available on the Mac. He's already said he doesn't feel comfortable developing for the Mac, and he could click a few buttons in Xcode. It's probably a little more complicated than that, but you know, but very, very easily bring that over to the Mac without, without having to recode the app, without having to redesign anything. Um, he could basically take one set of assets and produce you know, and Apple's making it so you can take a set of assets and you can produce a game or an app and you can put it on tvOS, you can put it on watchOS, you can put it on macOS. Um, you, you know, of course, there's going to be some drawbacks to this, but really what it comes down to is iOS and macOS inching that much closer together. And that's going to make, um, that's going to introduce probably some interesting hardware possibilities and probably make a, a really good opening for an ARM-based Mac at some point. Of course, we still have the prediction from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer that it's going to happen with a Mac Pro. And that's one reason why it's taken so long to produce. But what can I say? we got a lot more to come with Josh Centers of Tidbits, but later outspoken commentator Peter Cohen will have his way with all the going is on so we'll have to see what happens with that in the meantime you're listening to the tech night owl live thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit gcnlive.com today Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Bacon lovers, we ship free. 
Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. If you feel you've been lied to, pressured, or misled into buying your timeshare, you have the right to cancel completely. This is Steve Sanchez, and I'd like to introduce you to Wesley Financial Group, the leading top-rated timeshare cancellation company in the country. That's right, no more excessive fees or lifetime commitments that make you feel like you're serving a prison sentence. Founded by CEO Chuck McDowell, a pioneer in the industry who went into federal court and won against the largest timeshare resort company in the world just to help you get out of your timeshare. Too good to be true? No. Countless testimonials and the highest ratings from the Better Business Bureau make Wesley Financial Group the real deal and their money back guarantee they put in writing makes them the Steve Sanchez choice for successfully canceling your timeshare guaranteed. To get their free information kit, call 1-800-475-1919. That's 1-800-475-1919 or visit them at timesharecancellations.com. That's 1-800-475-1919. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg more with josh centers of tidbits focusing first of course on the antitrust lawsuit about the app store and its monopoly status, and then about Intel and another round of vulnerabilities found in Intel chips. Whoa. What can I say? I have a question. I don't know if you've covered this or not. Internet backup services. Now, I use CrashPlan, which is mentioned here, and a lot of people use Backblaze, which, of course, is you know one of your advertising partners. The issue I have here to ask is, if I understand it, neither backup system will take large apps or like VM files, uh, you know, parallels, desktop files, image files, Mm -hmm. things like that. Those files are not carried over. So in a sense, your backup is not a full backup. So uh, just to clarify, so CrashPlan's recent uh, policy change is that they will not back up applications or VM images at all. Um, There's some other kinds of things like they won't back up sparse images, stuff like that. That's CrashPlan's policy. They will not back those things up. Um, Backblaze will back those things up, but they do not do it by default. And the reason they do not back those up by default is because it, it carries severe performance um, uh, penalties. Um, 
I don't want to get too in, too far into the technicalities, but long story short, when you make a change to a virtual machine, it it takes a lot of processing power and bandwidth to to back up that virtual machine properly. It, it's ideally you do not back those up over cloud. Uh, so there's an article on Tidbits that Adam wrote. It's called "Backing Up VM Image Files to Internet Backup Services," and what he talks about there, uh, he talks about the technical reasons why. He goes into a lot of technical depth, and uh, what he recommends is if you have data in a virtual machine that needs to be backed up, uh, he recommends a few things. The main thing he recommends though is to create a folder on the Mac side that is shared with your VM. Uh, and, and, and he does this because there's some, uh, to, to do race timing, he has, there's a certain bit of Windows software he has to run on his MacBook. And so what he does is he, cre- he creates a shared folder. He stores the data from the, the race timings in that folder. And then uh, it's backed up with Backblaze. And you know there's no drama involved. So um, I don't particularly care for the way CrashPlan's doing this. You know, because a it's all it's very much all of a sudden, and there's no way to override it. You can over you can override that exception in Backblaze, but they don't recommend it because it will slow down your backups. Um, and, and of course, you don't want to have an online backup be your main backup. It's really the stuff hitting the fan kind of backup, right? Your house burns down, or your drives get stolen, or you know they fall off a boat, or just you know whatever. That's really what the the online backup is primarily for. And, you know, you also want to have a, a local backup. I, I, I personally recommend three kinds of backup. I recommend, you know, if you're a Mac user, you know, A, have a time machine backup. Uh, that's usually the most convenient to restore from. Have a a cloned drive, uh, like a bootable clone, made with something like Carbon Copy Cloner or Super Duper or Chronosync that, you know, if, if an internal drive dies, you can boot from the external and get back to work. That's a very important, and I've, I've had to use it, one those before. Um, it's not ideal, but man, it's a lifesaver. And then the third kind of backup is, of course, cloud backup, which is Backblaze or Chronosync can back up to various cloud services or, you know, crash plan uh, if you want to do that. And, and I know that sounds kind of expensive. It sounds kind of complicated. But, you know, when you're doing things that way, plus, you know, you use things like Dropbox and iCloud and, and Google Photos, you, you know, it gives you even more redundancy. But when you do things that way, you're basically bulletproof on the data front. And if one backup goes down, which I've had a lot of problems with backups lately. Like I, I had problems with my carbon copy cloner backup, and then I finally got those worked out. And now my time machine backup isn't working. So hopefully I can get that fixed. It's good to have you know all those levels of redundancy. That is, if your data is important to you. My system, I've explained before, is I have two external drives. One handles a time machine backup. The other handles a carbon copy cloner backup. I then, at least up to now, have been using crash plan. But as you say, the changes are irritating. I might switch over to Backblaze, not because it's one of your sponsors, and certainly not one of mine, but, or maybe it'll be a sponsor. I don't know. But it does sound like a better choice. It's actually a little bit cheaper per month. It's like $6 a month. I'm looking at the thing here, $6 a month, automatic backups, unlimited storage, unlimited file size, Unlimited speed. Huh. Well, I'll just explain a couple things about back about my relationship with Backblaze. Anyway, Backblaze. 
first of all, uh, they're no longer a sponsor for tidbits. They have, they were in the past and they sponsored us for a year or two. Uh, They're a long-term sponsor, but they no longer are at the moment. The second thing is, is that I was a a user of Backblaze uh, years before they were ever a sponsor. And actually how that came about was I was complaining about crash plan on Twitter and uh because crash plan's slow and it sucks and it's been terrible for years and anyway uh gleb budman who is the ceo of backblaze emailed me and said hey i'll give you a free year if you want to try it out and uh, i was like okay what the heck why not because i was my, my my year of crash plan was almost done i paid for a year up front and i hated it and so i tried the free year of backblaze and i liked it i mean just instantly not just because it was free but but it was way faster it didn't slow my machine down crash plan always slowed my machine down it took forever to do the backups backblaze did not have those problems it had a native not a java based app like crash plan had it had a, a native mac app that ran seamlessly in the background and efficiently used my broadband connection and so then it was i was paying for backblaze myself after that first year for like a year or two uh, before they, they finally signed. I don't think we signed them on as a sponsor until Crash Plan announced that they were getting out of the consumer backup business. And I, I was kind of the guy behind the scenes who was constantly like, hey, Backblaze is great. And then, uh, you know, the, the primary contingent was like, no, Crash Plan, we, we've always liked Crash Plan. We're not going to recommend something that isn't Crash Plan. And then Crash Plan just kind of bowed out. And, you know, so I was like, "Hey, can we can we reach out to Backblaze for a sponsorship again?" Because you know, I'd really like to have them as a sponsor because I really like their product. So that's a little, uh, you know, bit of how the sausage is made on that front. But I really do recommend Backblaze because it is the best out of all these cloud services. Uh, you know, Crash Plan has mostly gone out of the consumer space and it sucked in the first place. And you have stuff like Carbonite that's got just all kinds of problems and weird limitations. And uh, there's a few other ones I'm forgetting. Of course, you could use something like Chronosync and sign up for uh, like Amazon AWS. Or you could sign up for um, Amazon Glacier or uh, Backblaze B2. And you could roll your own cloud backup. And Glenn Fleischman wrote something about that for tidbits for us. And that has a few advantages. But it's going, it's going to be more expensive and it's going to be a lot less convenient. So I really do think, you know, if you're a Mac user, your best bet is to pay the $50 a year for Backblaze. It's cheap insurance. Well, you know what? I'll record that and give them a proposal to have them advertise <laughs> on this show. I mean, whatever I, works, I I'm, going to, I'm going to try their 15-day trial. Okay? Try Backblaze. Now, I'm, going to pause, I'm going to pause my crash plan back up for a full day and see what happens. All right. Yeah. Well, let me know how it goes. Let me know how it goes. I'll, I'm curious. Uh, the thing about Backblaze, I like too. I think CrashPlan did this also, but it is important to note is that Backblaze will also back up attached USB drives, and I guess Thunderbolt drives too. It won't back up network drives. Like if you have an NAS, it won't back those up without a separate subscription. But uh, if you store stuff on like a USB drive, then it will back that stuff up. So I use Backblaze to to back up my external storage also. Well, as I say, I'm going to try it. In fact, I'm making arrangements to set up the free 15-day account right now. And then after that, $6 a month, I'll have to just give up on some coffees to pay for it. And we're going to see what happens. We're going to give it the acid test. I know that doesn't sound right. Acid test has (laughs) connotations for those of us who grew up in the 1960s. But we don't talk about that on family radio, ladies and gentlemen. 
want to remind you that the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to become a supporter by subscribing to Tech Night Owl Plus. We give you a version of the show free of the network ads, and the excitement begins if you check plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Prices begin at just $1.49 a week. You can get above a, I don't think you can even get a coffee for $1.49 anymore. Hey, I guess you can in some places. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Josh Sanders of Tidbits is here, and we're looking over all the things in the tech industry, mostly focused on Apple. Okay, I've got a few things to talk to you about here. You have an article explaining that you were a Spotify subscriber for your music, and you went to Apple Music. Tell us why. Well, because I found a, I found a really bizarre limitation in the family plans. So, so the reason why we're even looking at Spotify in the first place is because we have a mix of Amazon and Google smart speakers. Although I've since unplugged all the Amazon speakers, but that's, that's another segment. Anyway, 
So we wanted a service that could work with both of them. And that, and that's Spotify. Spotify works on everything. So I had my wife sign up for the family plan because I, I'd already been a, a Spotify premium subscriber. And so she would get a seven day free trial and that way we could try it out. And she sent me the invitation and, you know, to join the family plan. And I, I went to join it and it asked me to put my address in. I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of odd, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, so I hit the enter button and it bring, pops up a dialogue box and it says, uh, you know, be aware that, you know, you can only have, you know, everyone must be in the same household and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. It, it made my techie sense go off. And so it turns out, long story short, this is Spotify's uh, authentication system to make sure that everyone who has a Spotify family plan is in the same household. You have to enter the address the exact same way on both accounts or otherwise it won't work. And, you know, our address, like a lot of people's addresses is kind of complicated. And so I wanted to know how she'd entered it because there are certain things that go on the address two line, or sometimes they end up on the address one line, uh, you know, things like that. You know, there are things like, oh, did you abbreviate highway or did you spell out highway? And so I asked her to go look, Hey, how would you go put your address in? Well, she goes to settings and she looks and she looks for about 20 minutes or so. And she's like, I can't find it. I was like, come on, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. So I went, I logged into her account. I looked through everything. Sure enough, no, you cannot see it. And then I found out through the support forums, um, once you enter that address in, there is no way to look at it. There's no way to change it. And until uh, just a few months ago, uh, the only way to update your address was you had to contact Spotify support and they would, you would have to make a new account and they would transfer all your existing stuff to the new account. And then you could set up a family plan on that new account and, and put your new address in there. Now, what you do is you cancel your family plan and uh, you wait for it to go back to the free tier. So you have to wait for that to expire. And then you can sign back up for the family plan. You put an address in there. And if you, if you really insist on using the Spotify family plan, I highly recommend copying down the exact address you put in and treating it like a password because it sort of is like a password. And you copy it down, put it in Apple Notes or whatever you like to use, one password or whatever. And then that way, when you sign another family member up, you can send that exact address to them. They can copy and paste it, and there won't be any uh, authentication issues. Or it can be like me, who you know, I just refuse to play these kind of games because I knew Apple Music doesn't pull this kind of stuff because we've had a family plan with Apple Music before. It's as simple as uh, signing up for the family plan, and then whoever's in your family sharing circle uh, can access that. And there's no weird hoops to jump through on that front. So that's just what we did. And now, uh, I just use Bluetooth to send stuff to my Google speakers. Um, although it does work natively with Alexa, which is nice. So and that's just kind of my philosophy on this stuff. When I come to these weird hoops, I have to jump through, you know, if I don't have to have that service, I go with something else. Cause I just, I don't play these kind of weird games. I just don't do it. I'm not a dog. I'm not going to do tricks. You know, I'm not going to balance a hot dog on my nose. I, you know, I'm trying to give you money. No one else. Do, you know, I've had Google Music family plans, whatever they call the Google Music service now. I, I've had the Apple family plan. You know, I've had, you know, pretty much all these. I've tried all these services. Spotify is the only service I know of that does this. So I'm not doing it. You know, and if, if they ever want my money, not that they care, but if they ever want my money for a family plan, you have to change this because I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm not playing these games. Well, the issue, of course, is this. That is, with Spotify, they have more members total around the world. Not as many as Apple in the U.S. But their financial plan 
doesn't seem quite as robust. Well, yeah, because it's not a money-making operation. I mean, I, don't, I doubt Apple Music's making a lot of money. Speaking, of, you were just reminding me of something. You're talking about, you know, because Spotify is not a primarily a U.S. company. Uh, Glenn Fleischman had a problem with his addresses because uh, I don't know if it still does this, but apparently Spotify, at least at one point, would change your address to be in the European format. Uh, like it would do that automatically unless you caught it and corrected it, and so. He apparently had that happen, and he couldn't sign anyone up for a family plan because his uh, his address was in some weird European format. And he didn't he didn't have any way of fixing it. <laughs> like they put their they put the street number at the end of the address, I think, uh, instead of the start, like we do in the United States. So, you know, they 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 do something kind of odd like that. So, see, the big thing about this is how. Does Spotify make money? And it doesn't look like they found a way yet. Yeah, it's, it seemed like they maybe started turning a profit, but you know, I I don't know. I, I, it's not something I really follow a whole lot. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of speculation on tidbits about you know why this happened. You know, I thought it was probably more something to do with a, with a negotiation with the music industry. Uh, you know, others thought it was probably more to do with, you know, Spotify trying to make a buck. Uh, you, you know, I, I don't I don't hold that against them. I just don't think this is the right way to go. I mean, I think really the problem with these streaming services is that I, I just don't think they're economically feasible. You know, I, I think Spotify shows that. Now, an Apple or a Google can afford to run one of these uh, and, and run at a loss for years because it's a tremendous uh, benefit to their other businesses. Um, but it, it certainly doesn't do the artist any favors, right? The artist isn't going to get, you know, large, you know, payout, uh, for playbacks. And, uh, it doesn't really help the labels. I mean, it, it doesn't really help any, I mean, it's a great deal for the end consumer. You know, if you listen to a lot of music, I personally don't. Um, so I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I mean, but that, but streaming, like Netflix style streaming is, is kind of broken the world, right? Like everyone expects that sort of availability now for everything, whether it's books, whether it's music, uh, podcasts, uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, and whether it's, uh, or news like Apple news plus is, is an attempt at doing that on that end and whether it's sustainable or not, I don't think is really relevant. It's, it's what, uh, the, the market insists on now. The thing to bear in mind when we get to Netflix is there are some trouble spots there. I'll give you an example of that. The Disney content is leaving because Disney is opening its own streaming service. All those great Marvel shows are gone. I think the last season of Jessica Jones and was it The Punisher? And that's it for those shows. Whether they will turn up on Disney, I don't know. Disney content is being removed. The CW. And the CW is a joint venture between Warner's and CBS. Of course, Warner's was recently acquired by AT&T. Anyway, the CW is no longer going to automatically include its shows on Netflix. That's like Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, etc., etc. They'll be licensed separately. This may not make a difference, but... People watch Netflix just not to watch the two or three shows they like, but to watch back episodes of their favorite shows. 
Obviously, CBS shows are not there as much because CBS has all access. So Netflix is going to lose some of its content. It's putting more and more money into shows. What, $12 billion the last I heard? It's not making any big profit from all this. It's burning through cash. And the question is, at what point does it grow beyond its ability to sustain itself? The prices are going up. And how many people are going to abandon it because they decide, you know, it's being nickel and dimed? Interesting discussion with Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP 
is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this... Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So am I speaking through my hat here as I usually do? about my concerns with Netflix? Netflix is doomed. Um, even before I heard about the, let's see, the Disney news is already a thing. I, before I even heard about the CW thing, um, you know, I, I predicted that I give Netflix about five years. And, and here's why. And see, a lot of people think we're crazy, Gina. That's fine. Uh, they're probably right. But, you know, I, I really do think, I, I give Netflix about five years unless they get purchased by one of the tech giants. Uh, the main thing is they're losing all their content. They're losing their Disney content. Not only are they losing their con- their content to Disney, but Disney is willing to blow hundreds of billions of dollars to to take them out. I mean, it's like when when the biggest shark in the water is intent on eating you, you're probably going to be eaten. Um, you know, not only that, but Disney is also taking control of Hulu. I mean, it's really like a it's like the start of the first Star Wars movie, right? Like we've gotten rid of the, the, the Imperial Senate, uh, you know, Death Star is almost finished. You know, we're, we're closing in on everything. Um, you know, I don't, and Netflix is already deeply over leveraged. They're billions and billions of dollars in debt. They're already not getting subscribers as fast as uh, they hoped they would. So, you know, I, I just don't see where they go from here because they're going to lose all this third-party content because AT&T is your, AT&T's already said they're taking friends, they're taking all the content they own, and they're going to put on their own streaming service in a few years. They may not lose the CW content, but it's no longer a guarantee, which means they're probably going to lose a great deal of it, if not all of it. So what is Netflix going to have left? I'm going to tell you, we canceled Netflix a few months ago, and we haven't missed it. You know, like most of what Netflix used to have is on Hulu now or it's on another service or we can just live without it. You know, they have their originals. But I mean, was, was there a single production company hit as hard by Me Too as Netflix was? I mean, that's that one thing took out Kevin Spacey, who was on, you know, of course, the star of House of Cards. It took out Danny Masterson, who was a co-star of The Ranch. It took out um, uh, Aziz Ansari, who uh, had that. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name of the show. But he had a pretty popular show on Netflix. Uh, it took out a few other Netflix people, too. I mean, it just really hit Netflix super hard. So, I mean, what's their big show now? Stranger Things. Those kids aren't getting any cuter. 
you know, they start off as cute kids and, you know, give them two or three years or becoming awkward teenagers. You know, that show can only last for so long. And I just, I just don't see where Netflix goes. And like I said, like, let's not, you know, over, let's not miss the fact that they're deeply over leveraged already, you know, and, and they're about to go to war with Apple, which is arguably the biggest company in the world and Disney, which is, again, is one of the biggest companies in the world, easily the biggest company, you know, that's strictly in the entertainment industry. And oh, and also at and is going to come after them. I just don't see any way Netflix survives as an independent company. You know, all they're going to have left in a year or two is their brand. And how, how strong is that brand going to stay when, you know, they, they have no content and all the big entertainment companies are, are you know, going to war with them? I just don't see how they survive. And there's a lot of people out there who will say that we're totally wrong on that. Oh, Netflix would be great. How? I, I mean, look at reality. Don't just look at the fact that you like Netflix. And plus, on top of that, Netflix keeps having to raise prices. Um, it used to be Netflix, you, you paid $8 a month and you got to watch pretty much anything you wanted to. And that was a hard deal to pass up. Now Netflix is closer to $18 a month and they're losing content. They're losing a lot more content than they're gaining. You know, and they're just, and they're not producing that many hits themselves. You know, they produce Netflix produces a lot of stuff and most of it is garbage. Um, so yeah, I just don't see how they survive another five years as an independent company. They, I mean, someone will probably purchase the remains, but I see Netflix right now being in the same position that blockbuster video was when Netflix launched their streaming service bear in mind here we have not mentioned apple tv plus we don't know what that's going to bring or what apple's going to offer except for the shows they apparently have under production apple's got very very deep pockets indeed some have suggested apple buy netflix but why would you buy a company that's destined to fail with all these problems that's overvalued yeah, I mean that's all that remains to be seen, but you know it's it's not a good it's not a good picture for Netflix. In any case, well, you, you could say the same thing about being over leveraged when you look at things like Uber and Lyft, the ride hailing services. They recently had IPOs. The stock price is lower than they expected it to be, and neither company can explain how they intend to make a profit. I mean, Uber is pouring through billions of dollars of cash. You have situations now where some of the drivers, and I've done Uber and Lyft, some of the drivers are striking or at least demonstrating because they're not getting paid enough money. They want a higher piece of the pie. Now, if Uber and Lyft give them a more generous payment, they either have to raise prices for their customers, the riders, or lose even more money. So I don't know how they sustain this. And then again, bear in mind, Uber wants to put its drivers out of business. They want to go all self-driving. I suspect Lyft will too. Yeah, it's uh, well, Uber launched an IPO, probably the worst possible time to launch an IPO. Uh, <laughs> just, just I mean, they just launched it in the middle of a, just a huge storm of, of bad factors. Uh, and, and Lyft, uh, Lyft's a little more, um, more of a sad case, but yeah, I mean, it's like you say, they've never had a real business plan. They've always ran, they've always operated at a loss in, in the interest of growth, which I mean, worked great for Amazon, but you know, I mean, you know, really their only hopes are either drive all the taxi companies out of business 
and and then have a monopoly and jack up prices or uh you know as you alluded to you know have a bunch of robot cars which drive themselves and frankly i think that's a lot farther away than people were thinking it was just a couple of years ago you know that's, that's what this technology has been five years away ever since i can remember i remember i remember they were showing off autonomous cars in the early 90s um you know it's always five years away so you know when it's really a thing you know i'll believe it when i see it um so yeah i'll be curious how that turns out uh yeah but so far those are not stocks i would want to be in i mean if i were going to invest in one it'd probably lift now, now, mind you, I'm, I'm a tech journalist, so, you know, ethical standards do not allow me to invest in these companies individually, uh, but I still give advice on it. I, you know, I would wait till Lyft bottomed out and I would put a little money into it, maybe. And, it, you know, I, I think Lyft has the best long-term future. I think Uber has a really damaged brand for a lot of reasons, but, yeah, neither one has a sustainable model. Well, right now, I appreciate the extra money. But I figure there's a time that will come because I'm not a young kid anymore when I will be too old to drive any more than just short trips or something like that. You don't agree with me. Anyway, actually, I'm old as the hills. I didn't want to say that. Josh Sanders, tell our listeners, please, how we find more of what you do. Uh, come to tidbits.com to read my articles. You can find my books on takecontrolbooks.com. Josh Sanders, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Fear and worry among women's rights activists after Missouri lawmakers passed a ban on abortions after eight weeks that does not include exceptions for incest or rape. Governor Mike Parson says he supports it and will sign it. Because it's a piece of legislation that those legislators voted on, I believe in the pro-life side of the issue, and I'm going to sign the bill. Activists and states that have passed similar restrictive abortion measures are now fighting back, responding to the nation's most restrictive law on abortion. Activists have taken aim at media companies that use Georgia as a production hub, along with Alabama-based automakers such as Hyundai and Mercedes-Benz. Maryland and Colorado officials told staff not to travel to Alabama to protest its abortion law, which was passed this week. 
This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaruth, the capitalist evangelist. I'm here to introduce you to a special company with the potential to be one of the great all-American stories. Fortum Resources is a publicly traded, diversified, natural resource company with oil, gas, and mining properties in North America and internationally. Fortum is led by Chairman Mark Bruner, the legendary oil man who built Ultra Petroleum from a 15-cent stock to $200 per share, creating $15 billion in shareholder profits. Mark has 30 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, overseeing contracts with Halliburton, ExxonMobil, and Hess. Fordham has over 350,000 acres of oil and gas resources, and more than half the acreage has been evaluated by world-renowned auditors Deloitte Touche. Fordham also owns the rights to the 180-square-mile City of Gold mining property. Fordham is traded on two global exchanges, U.S. ticker symbol FTMR. Repeat, FTMR. This is a rare ground floor opportunity to capitalize on a proven energy industry legend. Please visit FordhamResources.com. That's Fordham, F-O-R-T-E-M, Resources.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have the one, the only, except no substitutes, Peter Cohen. Welcome back. Thank you. Now, in in our first segment with Josh Centers, I mentioned the Supreme Court ruling that simply allows an antitrust suit against Apple to proceed. I remarked the strange fact that the yes votes came from the four liberal justices plus Justice Kavanaugh, the conservative who wrote the opinion. How that happened, we don't know. That's politics. Maybe he's trying to demonstrate that he's independent. But the key thing is here is not legal stuff. It is the argument, two arguments. One, that Apple's charging an exorbitant rate as a commission for its apps. Is 30% too much? Well, 30% has certainly been buoying Apple's uh, bottom line for a while now. And, you know, we've seen Apple's uh, percentage of revenue uh, from services grow distinctly. So I, I'm sure that that is, is on the mind of, of some. Um, Apple feels that it's got a very uh, airtight case with regards to this not actually being an antitrust issue. So it'll be interesting to hear how Apple articulates that. Um, as as this goes forward. You know, the important thing here to understand is that the Supreme Court, you know, didn't 
this isn't a precedent setting rule from the Supreme Court. This is something that that's, that's going to have to continue to be to be litigated against Apple uh, in order for them to or in order for there to be any meaningful uh, movement forward. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It's also worth pointing out that, you know, Apple hasn't been found guilty of running a monopoly um, at this point. The Supreme Court didn't say that Apple um, ha- has done that, and it'll take a very long time for that question, I think, to get answered. You know, we'll see what happens. It, it was an interesting ruling, and sure, it's a setback against Apple, but it just means that it's going to be litigated further, so we'll see what happens. As I suggested in our previous interview, something like this could take years to resolve. Yeah. If Apple loses, there's an appeal, another appeal. The Supreme Court may be made up of totally different people or some different people, three or four years hence, a different president, different appointments you get the picture so yeah well i mean you know apple versus pepper was was filed in 2011 right this that kind of goes to show you how uh how how different the landscape is now compared to what it was then and you know 2011 was a year after the ipad was released you know it did the uh, the landscape of the mobile device market has has changed dramatically since then. Um, and I think Apple will probably be the first to say, hey, look, you know, we're, we're a mere pittance compared to uh, all the Android stuff out there. So we're not a monopoly. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. What is your take about this? Do you think that Apple should be doing something different with regard to the app store allow a second app store to develop i think the app store model um has to um has to change um i I understand why it exists the way that it does and i understand that it's as much for my protection as a consumer as it is um uh, for anything else. But, you know, I, I come at this uh, uh, from a, a device use standpoint, like a Mac user, you know, and I know I can go to the Mac app store and I can get a sandboxed app that it's going to, um, uh, you know, that it's going to conform to Apple's expectations of, of how an app should work and uh, be safe for me to use and sanitary. And I can purchase it using Apple Pay or using, you know, any of the, the technology that I'm comfortable doing. But I can also download games from Steam or GOG.com or uh, grab apps from individual application developers' websites, especially if they make apps that aren't sandboxed, you know, that don't conform to Apple's guidelines for, for apps in an app store. I like that model, and it's something that I'm really accustomed to, and quite frankly, it irritates me um, that, that, that that analog doesn't exist on the phone. But there are practical reasons why it doesn't. You know, I, I think that, that the App Store will evolve. I think that the process for getting apps and, and, and putting them on, on the device uh, will, will change over time as well. And I think that the way that pe- people make money from the development of these apps is, is bound to change as well. It's, it, it, it's an evolution. It's, it, the landscape of software development and the way that we use software and the devices that we use them on is so radically different now than it, than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know. This is always an evolutionary and changing situation. Well, look at the Apple and Samsung lawsuit. It was about models that were out of production for several years by the time it was settled. 
Yeah, I, it, and this is part of the problem. The legal system alone, let alone the legislative system, but the legal system alone takes years and years and years to to to, to process. Um, meanwhile, companies like Apple, companies like Samsung, companies like Huawei, and all these other companies are innovating at the speed of business, which is set to a completely different threshold than what uh, the legal system or uh, the legislative systems demand, right? Can't keep up with anything. No. We're, we're still dealing with laws on the books that are ancient. Well, and, you know, then there's the law of unintended intended consequences rearing its head all the time. You know, when, when legislatures do try to get, uh, when legislators do try to get um, ahead of technology, um, as they did with, let's say, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the DMCA, you know, there are a lot of fundamental foundational problems with the DMCA that, you know, decades later, we're, we're still picking up and dealing with now. Um, so th- these things have ramifications over long periods of time, but it, it is a different scale. You know, it is it is a very different scale of looking at time than the scale at which Apple and Samsung need to continue to operate in order to do business. So those two things are not necessarily compatible with each other. I wonder what Apple will be like three or four years from now. Yeah, it's a good question. And issues like this may not even be relevant. Exactly, exactly. You know, this, as, as much sturm and drong as we've seen online about this recently, it may amount to nothing. And I think here, this is the big problem. The fact is that people see this and they concentrate on the here and now. Oh, my God, Apple lost in the Supreme Court. Well, it was just a decision whether a case could go forward. No decision has been made. Even if a decision is made... It can be appealed. Look what happened with Qualcomm and Apple. That went back and forth for several years before Apple settled, mostly because Intel couldn't get their act together on 5G modems. Correct. But that's another story, too. I don't know if we've talked too much about that. I don't think it's super important, except that We have this issue now. I don't know whether you've covered it at all. This zombie land exploit involving the Intel chips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, isn't it? So, I mean, zombie land in and of itself, I don't think is uh, is 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 the most. is 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 the 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 most important uh, piece of this whole thing it's apple's continued dependence on intel you know that's something that i've opined about on your show a number of times gene so i don't want to belabor the point too much longer but i look forward to a time when i can look back on the intel microprocessors place in the macintosh with the same sort of fun nostalgia that i remember the power pc chip and uh, the Motorola 68000 architecture. Let's do our break now. Peter Cohen joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNlife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNlife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Okay, so a watch is good and some jewelry. Better grab some flowers, too. Hey, what you doing? Uh, Mother's Day, remember? Oh, yeah. So I'm making lists, got to plan a trip to the store, then need to save all the receipts in case she wants to return. Uh, You know there's an easier way, right? I'm guessing you do? Yes, and I'm going to show you the easy, quick way to shop for mom and save 30% at sunshine-pillows.com. Ah, pillows. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows. She always says she has stress. And aches and pains. Pains, right? Look, they have hot and cold therapy products. Ooh, it says we can buy any select combo up to $150 uh-huh. and get 30% off. Yep, just use this promo code MOM30. You know, for a little brother, you're pretty smart. Get something for every mom on your list and save 30% when you spend up to $150 on any select combo. Now through Mother's Day only at sunshine-pillows.com. Use promo code MOM30. Sunshine-pillows.com. Your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads. 
Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Well, certainly Intel has had problems speeding up its CPUs, even getting smaller die sizes. Apple can get 7 nanometers from its partners, Intel is still, what, at 14, and they're experimenting with 10 now? It looks like they're ready to scale to 10 pretty soon, if not, you know, if if they're not doing that now, then 10 is on the horizon. But, yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Apple's processors continue to get better and better. When do you think they'll be ready to have Macs on ARM, rather? Um. Uh, we were talking about when, when for... for When uh, will we have Macs running ARM-based processors? Not the system on a chip as kind of a coprocessor, but the whole shebang. Yeah, and that's really the question. You know, it's a question of when the technology is, is, is ready to support it and when the software is ready to support it and when the developers are ready to support it. Apple's handled the transition three times in its, in its life um, so far, that was sort of the uh, the underlying point of my my pithy comment in our last segment. Um, you know, so I don't think that this is beyond Apple's technical uh, expertise to do, and I don't think that it's beyond um, the developer's comfort level to handle. Um, there's some you know logistical things that that need to be worked out, like what do you do with you know stuff that's very dependent on Intel, uh, you know. Hardware abstraction, things like parallels, uh, desktop, and uh, um, uh, VMware Fusion, and uh, the other technologies that allow software to work on the Mac because the Mac has the same or similar underpinnings um, that uh, commodity PCs do. These are issues that need to be addressed. These are not insurmountable technical problems. Um, but, you know, it's it's an interesting question. The, the one thing, though, that it will do beyond any sh- measure in terms of whatever kind of complications are introduced into the mix, the one thing that it will definitely help Apple with is solving problems like this particular issue, you know, where there was an exploit in hardware um, that is fundamentally beyond Apple's ability to fix or to patch around. That's the that's the disturbing thing to me is that, um, you know, Apple has said, hey, look, if your Macs are of a certain age, there's nothing we can do about this because Intel actually um, hasn't given us access to the source code that we need to, to, to make those changes. That puts Apple in a, in a position of dependency um, on Intel uh, that I'm sure really runs counter to uh, uh, Apple's engineering principles. That can't be a very comfortable situation for them, and that's got to be a big thorn in their side reminding them um, that the sooner uh, they make a transition away from Intel and onto ARM uh, for the Mac, probably the better for everyone. And even the deal with Qualcomm for the 5G modems, 
That's temporary. Apple's been hiring modem engineers. They expect to produce their own 5G modems in the next few years. Of course, sure, absolutely. But Apple's Apple's just got to make sure that it's got a clear supply supply chain, you know, and and and, and, you know that Apple's got to be ready to pivot. Now, there's a lot of moving thing or a lot of moving uh, uh, parts to 5G right now, Um, and uh, you know, despite all the the noise that companies like AT&T and Verizon are making, there's some very real deployment issues and very real scale issues that uh, that need to be addressed. Um, and even just spectrum issues. I was uh, reading an interesting piece recently that said that the uh, that, that the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric, uh, you know, the, the, the weather people uh, for the government are worried that 5G rollout is actually going to reduce um, their ability to forecast accurately. And that's because 5G spectrum is in a very similar um, uh, part of the radio frequency range that they need um, in order to uh, to look at water vapor in the atmosphere. So who the hell knows what's going to happen with 5G? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's not going to be the rescue we expect. Also, think about it this way. How fast do you want your smartphone to be able to access data? I mean, how fast do you need before it's ridiculous? You can already download movies. You can already stream movies at full resolution. How fast do you want to be? You know, how fast do you need it to be? Now, with, with 12 gigabytes of, of, of memory, um, not 12 gigabytes of storage, 12 gigabytes of actual addressable RAM space for applications to work with. Um, Apple doesn't have anything close to that because it doesn't need anything close to that because it's much more efficient in terms of, uh, um, you know, end-to-end how its code works. But let me ask you, Gene, has anybody ever lost money banking on the inefficiency of software developers? We know they're inefficient, after all. It's like a building project. How many times are buildings completed on time? Right, exactly. And yeah, more to the point, you give, you give applications, resources, devices, and their users the bandwidth to, to work, and they're going to fill the bandwidth instantly. You know, it's just it's it's the nature of things. So yeah, I mean, five G is an inevitability, I suppose. Uh, but but my point to, in, in all this is, um, I don't know. I don't even know what my point was anymore. All this started with Apple on ARM. <laughs> Mac Indeed. on ARM. Yeah. I, well, you know, it's, okay. Looking at it another way, here's the thing. I I, I guess I, I want to say you've got to make. Um, uh, informed decisions about what you're going to get before you get it. And of course, we all want to do that research and we all want to make sure that we're going to get um, the right thing. What I find every year is that when new devices come out, um, people are always worried that if they buy a new device, they're going to be left behind when the next new thing comes out. This is as true for the Mac as it is for the iPhone or the iPad for that matter. You know, people are always worried about buyer's remorse, right? Oh, I mean, writing for Macworld, writing for The Loop, writing for iMore. People have been asking me for 20 years, you know, do I buy now or or do I wait? And my, my advice has never changed. I really feel like, um, you know, you need to 
purchase for the 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 needs that you have at the moment and not worry what's coming down the pike in a month or a year or you know two years uh, because that puck is always going to be moving on the ice you know that that is always going to be changing uh, but as long as you've got something that addresses your needs and what you suspect your needs are going to be you know over the life of the product that's really what you've got to shoot for um, so at the end of the day, I really don't care when Apple is going to uh, switch the Mac to ARM or when it's going to switch the iPhone to 5G or anything else because I'm buying hardware for the way that I use it now, and I'm going to get the most out of that regardless of what Apple's current or future plans might be. With Apple, you can't predict it except that some years ago when they were still using power pc steve jobs was asked whether they'd switch to intel and he said you know it was something about their options always being open which meant that if their processor supplier is not delivering the goods they will and they can switch they always have the alternative under development like they had max running intel in the days of the power pc as a test and that's why they switched over so quickly and so successfully now when it's the arm processor that apple has already tested you know hundreds of millions of them on iphones and ipads putting them on max apple already has them running in-house they know what kind of performance they can get out of it they know the impact to virtualization they know about how to run intel apps with decent performance they've done that already it's already in the laboratory, and they know probably when they have to implement those changes. Indeed, and I'm sure that they've got a plan and a pipeline for doing it. You're absolutely right. And one of the one of the uh, uh, beautiful things about you know the uh, the BSD uh, kernel that that powers macOS, that powers tvOS, that powers everything is how portable it is. And uh, you know that surprised a lot of people when Apple switched to Intel back in 2006. Um, but uh, that's because those foundations had been laid years earlier. Uh, you know, when you had Next Step uh, running on um, uh, a number of different um, uh, hardware architectures that were available at the time. So uh, this is this is foundational technology um, that that Apple has based its entire business around, um, and it's uh, it's very smart. Uh, the way that they've implemented it, because it does give them that freedom, absolutely. Please don't forget that the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. That way you get a version of the show with enhanced audio, free of the network ads. Plus.technightowl.com We've got more to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors.
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Well, remember this. iOS was born from macOS. That's where it started. That's right. It's just a mobile version. Microsoft has tried to do something like that with Windows. They couldn't do it. They could not do it. But, you know, with Apple, look what we have now with Marzipan, which will allow you to run iOS apps on Macs. We already have some of them there. More will come because developers will have the ability to do so after the WWDC this summer. That's the other step. The annual brain dump, of course, from Apple onto its developers and Apple's opportunity to publicly unveil um, the technology that is going to dominate headlines in the Apple blogosphere for the next year. You know, it's it's become sort of an annual event, uh, you know, within the Apple ecosystem that I think that we've all sort of uh, grown accustomed to depending on, you know, to, to help keep us informed and sort of aligned with what's going on. My basic predictions, well, no predictions, we'll have iOS 13, the next Mac OS 10.15. I suspect there will be demonstrations of the next Mac Pro. That's a perfect place to do it. And you have to think, why is it taking them so long to build a modular Mac? Is it going to be basically the guts of the iMac? made modular choose which one you want with the built-in display or without what's going to happen because remember the iMac Pro wasn't updated either what's your take sir um it would make sense uh that is what in fact they did in 2013 when the last you know reviled Mac Pro uh was introduced um, they they introduced it at WWDC and they waited until like the third week in December before they actually shipped one. 
but they 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 did it. Um, hopefully, <laughs> you know they've they've learned from that mistake and won't do the same thing again. Uh, having said that, sure, yeah, I mean you know the the eyes of uh, every uh, developer um, that that uh, that Apple has uh, is uh, is going to be on. Uh, uh, on Apple that particular week, and uh, sometimes Apple sometimes Apple does have hardware announcements at WWDC. However, there have been a number of times, including some recent years, where Apple has not made any hardware announcements at WWDC. So no one should get their expectations set uh, for any particular hardware announcements. Um, the the other hardware announcement that I would love to see at WWDC besides a Mac Pro would be Apple saying, yeah, we know we screwed up with those MacBook Pro keyboards, and uh, here's what we're going to do to fix that. I think that would be really welcome news um, to certainly every developer in the audience that day, um, but the many millions of developers who depend on Apple hardware to get their work done, uh, because that's you know, it's that's that's a very pressing problem. People are having a lot of difficulty uh, with the keyboards on Apple's MacBook line now, and that's that's not a situation that, that we want to see. Apple, though, doesn't necessarily admit error. What they will do is say, "Look at what we've done. Here's our new keyboard, better than ever." It's like, for example, when we had the so-called antenna gate issue with the iPhone four, and Steve Jobs said, "Just hold it differently." They gave away free cases. They explained that all smartphones, when held in certain ways, suffered from signal loss. But what they did was fine. There's nothing wrong with the engineering. Look at this huge laboratory we have to build antennas. The following year, they changed the antenna system with the iPhone 4S. Remember that? Yes, indeed. So Apple changed it, improved it without ever admitting an error. Look at Bendgate, the iPhone 6 Plus. Too easy to bend in your back pocket? It works within normal parameters. It was tested by Consumer Reports, tested by one of the extended warranty providers, and found to be acceptable. The next year, Apple stiffened up the support for the aluminum on the iPhone 6S Plus. There was nothing wrong with it, but Apple fixed it. Well, there was something wrong with it in that there were certainly people who were able to bend it. Now, um, you know, the, the, the same sort of rule applies actually to keyboards, right? Many people don't have problems with their keyboards. Apple will tell you that only a small number of users are affected by that. Looking at that just in terms of pure numbers, I'm sure that's true. But anecdotally, as somebody who used to service these things, I know that that the frequency with which people would buy those and then have problems was much higher than it was for previous models. So while it may not be a large number, it's a larger number than it was before. So I don't want to amplify the message too much and say, you know, Apple's MacBook Pro keyboards are broken for everybody. They're all garbage. Um, that's certainly not the case. But the bottom line is people have problems. You know, this Mac Pro is vexing me. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what kind of features it's going to have. I don't know how Apple is going to offer 
um, it in configurations. I don't know things like what ports it will support or um, what kind of graphics uh, performance it's going to have inside or what sort of connectivity it will be um, it, 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 it will feature. Literally, there is nothing I know substantively about the Mac Pro, except for one thing that actually gives me a lot of satisfaction. Um, when Apple gave um, uh, The Verge a look inside what it's doing um, about a year ago, uh, it explained that it's working much. It's it, it it's it's focusing much more on collaboration between the engineering people. And the people who are really using these products, um, and you would expect that in a company like Apple, but to hear the way that Apple articulated it and to understand how essential Apple feels to the, the basic design and capability of these devices um, gives me hope that whatever the Mac Pro ultimately turns into, it's going to be pretty spectacular. I think they're probably much more on the ball now than they were the last time they came out with a new Mac Pro, where I think they were sniffing their own fumes a little too much, if you know what I mean. Right now, they're sniffing the fumes of end users. Again, I think <laughs> the time it has taken to set this thing up is not that it is the ARM processor, or at least that's what Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer suggests. He still thinks it's going to be ARM. We'll see if he's right. Yeah, we'll see. I certainly, Intel is not winning any brownie points with all the problems it's having. And now we have zombie load, not zombie land. <laughs> yes. What do, you think of, what do you think about that? I think it was a great movie. I loved zombie land. That was the one with, uh, with, um, um, yeah, him uh, too. What's that? Bill Murray made a cameo in that one, didn't he? Ha 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 ha. Oh, well. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. You know, yeah. good movie. I love it. You see, I, I love zombie flicks. So when Zombieland popped up in my newsfeed, I got really excited. You know, I was like, oh, cool. They're doing another Zombieland movie. And then I find out that Zombieland is actually something to do with the Mac and actually something to do with everything that's got an Intel chip in it for, you know, years and years and years. It's kind of freaky, isn't it? We're talking here about probably over a billion units all billion the PC devices, sales, yeah, bill, or as, as Carl Sagan once said, billions and billions. Billions and billions, yes. Right. Billions, billions of PCs, Max. And we have to think here, this is the second time we've had a spate of vulnerabilities. The older computers can't be fixed, I gather. It's only the more recent ones. If you put the full fix rather than part of the fix, you have to turn off hyper-threading which speeds up the computers. You have to slow them down. Obviously, people don't want to do that. So, what do you know about zombie load right now? I know that you're going to have an answer, but we have to do a break first. We'll break for the answer. Peter Cohen, I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform form and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So, Peter, what do you know about Zombieland, not the movie with Bill Murray? <laughs> and Woody Harrelson, yeah. So, uh, we're talking about Zombie Load specifically. So, um, Zombie Load, um, let's see. I guess the, 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 it's, it's, it's a series of vulnerabilities. I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this as succinctly as possible. It's a series of vulnerabilities in Intel processors um, that, that go back... Um, to 2008. Okay. So, you know, Intel makes chips that are in everything. And we're, we're, we're talking about 11 years uh, worth of products. The, the exploits are, 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 are known in the info security community as microarchitectural data sampling vulnerabilities. And a hacker under the right circumstances could get data from the processor um, using certain vulnerabilities. Um, it, it's, it's really kind of an ugly problem, but it's, it's something that Apple and other companies have got to fix um, or, or have fixed, actually, in, in patches. If you've installed uh, Mac OS 10 point, um, What's the what's the latest release as of right now, uh, Gene? It's ten point fourteen point five. Right. The X ten point fourteen point six is the one that's being tested for the next release, but ten point fourteen point five. Ten point fourteen point five is is current as of as of this show, and and that is the one that actually has the fix. The question comes up though: What if you can't run ten point fourteen point five? Because older Macs, and many folks use older Macs, um, are stuck with versions of Mac OS uh, that are supported by their machine. They may not have the latest exploits. Well, Apple says that it will patch or has patched security updates as far back as it can go. But there's a whole class of, of, of Macs that it can't really touch at this point. And it can't do anything about it because, again, the code that it needs access to is something that, that's Intel. It's not Apple's. So Apple has to run it. And once again, I'm seeing an article here from Tom's Guide, by the way, and it tells you there that if you fall into certain groups of business users and want extra reassurance, you have to disable hyper-threading on Mac OS. But that severely restricts performance. Yeah, hyperthreading affects, and not just on macOS, by the way, Gene. I mean, if, if you turn off hyperthreading uh, in order to uh, to keep this problem at bay, um, if you feel you know that you're enough of a security risk and you and you need to do that or whatever, then um, yeah, it, it, or if you've applied a patch that that does that, it's you know, it, unfortunately, it, it's something that's going to affect you regardless of what operating system you're working with. So it, it's not a Mac thing. It's not a Windows thing. It's not a Linux thing. This is an Intel thing. Now, the article from Tom's Guide said 40% on Macs. Performance is lowered by 40%. Obviously, that's unacceptable. I assume most people will just accept it as it is 
and not want to worry about that. But the thing I worry about here, too, is if this exploit has existed since 2008, and another story said 2011, whatever it is, has it ever been exploited? Well, I think the 40% thing might be a little bit of uh, a little bit uh, alarmist. And obviously, there's going to be some tweaking as time goes on, too. So we shouldn't overreact. Right. But I'm thinking here just the attack itself. How has this existed so many years and not been discovered till now? I mean, the same could be said for the previous exploits. So they're talking about zombie load, fallout, R-I-D-L, and store to leak forwarding. And they're based on speculative execution, but that's what the other one was based on. The other flaws some time back. So that's a core function of the Intel processor. So what can you say? How come they didn't know this thing existed? Well, what is uh, Hanlon's razor? You know, never attribute to malice what can be explained by stupidity. There is that. Anything about AMD chips, because they're compatible with Intel. Do they have the same problems? I don't see any word about it yet. No. I've been looking. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, this is, as far as I know, this is something that's very specific to Intel. I wonder sometimes why Apple, at least up till now, hasn't tried AMD CPUs on, say, the lower-end Macs. As I said, they're compatible. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that that would be a, a low uh, a low power, low volume model would probably be my my guess for that. Even a basic MacBook. Speaking of the MacBook, now Apple has a MacBook Air that's somewhat thickerer, thicker. I know thickerer, and a wee bit heavier than the MacBook, the MacBook Air. But otherwise, doesn't it pretty much supplant the value? Of the MacBook, what, to save a few ounces? Yeah, I mean, the MacBook has always been sort of an aspirational model more than a practical model. It's been a nice fashion model. Um, and it's it's a very nice, slim, uh, thin, executive uh, laptop suitable for general purpose use. But um, it's never been the fastest uh, uh, car in the garage and um, nor is it the most roomy or, or luxurious either. It's 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 the Miata, you know. It's, it's something you take out on the weekends, um, or something that when you need uh, when you need something lightweight and easy to um, easy to carry with you. Uh, the MacBook Air has been Apple's workhorse laptop for many years now, and its popularity has only increased in recent years as families have flocked to them um, to get them for students in college and high school. Um, uh, a lot of executives uh, find the performance and capabilities of the MacBook Air just fine as well. A lot of general users, a lot of road warriors. I mean, the MacBook Air appeals to a lot of people who don't need um, the the, uh, the the cost or, or some of the complexities of the MacBook Pro line. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me to see Apple put more uh, or put effort as it did last year into revamping the macbook airline and really coming out with something that's a lot more attractive uh for consumers than um you know the, the aging system that was there before where that leaves the macbook though i'm not sure um i think that apple might 
be have or might have some kind of transition for the MacBook um, um, in, in mind. But you know, the the problem that is that at the low end there, the line is really blurring, and Apple's blurring that line as much as it can uh, between the MacBook, the MacBook Air, and the iPad Pro more and more. Um, so, and even just the regular iPad Air now. Um, so, uh, how that will continue to evolve is something that I've got my eye on, and I'm going to be very interested to watch. We're going to watch more of this stuff in our next segment with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. That means you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Fear and worry among women's rights activists after Missouri lawmakers passed a ban on abortions after eight weeks that does not include exceptions for incest or rape. Governor Mike Parson says he supports it and will sign it. Because it's a piece of legislation that those legislators voted on. I believe in the pro-life side of the issue and I'm going to sign the bill. Activists and states that have passed similar restrictive abortion measures are now fighting back, responding to the nation's most restrictive law on abortion. Activists have taken aim at media companies that use Georgia as a production hub, along with Alabama-based automakers such as Hyundai and Mercedes-Benz. Maryland and Colorado officials told staff not to travel to Alabama to protest its abortion law, which was passed this week. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allen Ruth, the capitalist evangelist. I'm here to introduce you to a special company with the potential to be one of the great all-American stories. Fortum Resources is a publicly traded, diversified, natural resource company with oil, gas, and mining properties in North America and internationally. Fortum is led by Chairman Mark Bruner, the legendary oil man who built Ultra Petroleum from a 15-cent stock to $200 per share, creating $15 billion in shareholder profits. Mark has 30 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, overseeing contracts with Halliburton, ExxonMobil, and Hess. Fordham has over 350,000 acres of oil and gas resources, and more than half the acreage has been evaluated by world-renowned auditors Deloitte Touche. Fordham also owns the rights to the 180-square-mile City of Gold mining property. Fordham is traded on two global exchanges, U.S. ticker symbol FTMR. Repeat, FTMR. This is a rare ground floor opportunity to capitalize on a proven energy industry legend. Please visit FordhamResources.com. That's Fordham, F-O-R-T-E-M, Resources.com. 
Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Back with Peter Cohen. We were talking about the MacBook. Where goeth the MacBook? Now, it's interesting how the lineup has worked here with some of these products like with iPhones, Apple came out with a 10R with 95% of the features of the 10S for $300 less, right? Yep. Now we have the new iPad Air with what? 90% of the features of the iPad Pro for several hundred dollars less. Where does that take you? Well, you know, the, the big difference, um, you know, re- remains the, the, the smart connector on, on the device. Um, and, uh, you, you know, of course, some of the, the, the better performance capabilities. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's interesting um, that a lot of it really, I think, depends on... Um, the person who's using it. It has a, I guess, probably a more dyed in the wool, you know, computer user. I'm much more comfortable with a keyboard and a trackpad or a keyboard and a mouse than I probably ever will be with the touch interface. Um, I was actually chatting with some colleagues of mine um, about this earlier, uh, uh, talking about our writing styles. And, you know, so some of some of our, our colleagues uh, who are doing tech journalism switched over to iPads, um, have written books on iPads, you know, and I think that that's incredible. And I, I applaud them for uh, their ability to do that. But my, it, it seems that I just am recalcitrant and really just prefer the, uh, the comfort of, of what I'm used to. Uh, you know, physical keyboard and uh, uh, a mouse or trackpad to navigate, you know, a, 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 a click-based interpa- interface as opposed to a touch-based interface. Maybe that's my own shortcoming. But it's good that these different products exist in the way that they do. And it's good that Apple's giving people choices because I think this, uh, I think that, that Apple's overall philosophy here is to get the hardware out of the way of you being able to do the things that you need to do. And more and more that becomes possible. More and more that becomes effortless. Uh, it, it's, it's been a long time sort of coming, and it's come in fits and starts. 
But um, each generation of technology that Apple produces and each generation of operating system technology that Apple produces to power those devices, I think it gets Apple closer and closer to that realization of just making the hardware as invisible as possible to just let you do the work that you need to do. Anyway, in this particular case, by having a cheaper model with most of the features of the more expensive one, that puts these features into more of a mainstream audience, and those who need the extra stuff can buy it. I don't know if that affects sales in a negative way or is more positive. I think a rising tide raises all boats over time also. You know, I think that, um, you know, if you take a look, for example, at uh, the way that it's worked in cars, you know, when uh, airbags first appeared in vehicles, they were something that you could only get on luxury models, you know, and only on the best luxury models. Um, it was a rarefied technology. It was very expensive, and it was still pretty complex and... and uh, um, you know, the scale of manufacturing was, was still scaling up. Um, you know, so that stayed in the luxury market for a while. Now airbags are standard, you know, and, and there are countless examples of like, the, like this everywhere we look, you know, in consumer electronics, in, in automotive, in, uh, in home appliances, in uh, every aspect of, uh, of our life. So, you know, applying that to uh, to Apple, it's sort of the same thing. So what's going to be next <laughs> from Apple? We have the iPhone reaching a sales plateau. We have the Mac, seen better days. The iPad is growing. <laughs> well, you know, the keyboard's seen better days. The Mac is great, man. You know, I love my Mac. I, uh... Um, and, and and I love what what, what Apple's done with Mojave. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing that's coming this year that we're going to see a lot more of, we all know this by now, is uh, is Marzipan. You know, this uh, as it was codenamed Marzipan, this technology that's enabling Apple um, and Apple developers to create uh, apps that run on the Mac, run on iOS as well. This is interesting technology. We've already seen it in Mojave. I actually use it every day. The Apple News app is one of the apps that I open just reflexively every day and use. Do you use it on your Mac at all? Not really. <laughs> okay. But, well, well, to yeah. each their own. You know, it, it, it was interesting for me because I'm also a big Net Newswire fan, and I, I'm uh, encouraging uh, Net Newswire's development to continue and for people to check it out. But it's interesting to look at Apple News versus Net Newswire. Net Newswire is an RSS uh, newsreader that's been around for a number of years, and it takes a much more, I guess, sort of traditional hierarchical approach to the way that it presents uh, news. Apple News is also powered by um, yeah, RSS to a certain degree, along with some other content. Uh, and it's just interesting to see how Apple's manipulated and changed it. But this Apple News app that runs on the Mac is the same code, essentially, that runs on uh, the, the news app on the phone. Um, and I use the news app on the phone a little bit, but for whatever reason, path of least resistance, I use the news app a lot more on my Mac. That technology... And the way that that technology has sort of worked itself into, a, into my life has been very insidious. And not in an unpleasant way, not in a bad insidious way, just in a, in a way that I wasn't expecting. 
And now it's got me really interested because I think that, that Apple is focusing a lot more attention on the seamlessness between iOS and macOS um, than a lot of people may be consciously thinking about or thinking about in the present. As an example of that, um, I, 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 uh, I'll bring up Apple Arcade, the new subscription-based Apple uh, effort from Apple um, that's coming out this year that'll allow people to pay one price. We don't know what that price is yet, um, and get access to more than a hundred games that they can play on their Macs, they can play on their iPhones, or they can play on their iPads uh, as well. And the the interesting thing about that is that it's not trivial to make a game run on all on both iOS and macOS. There are a lot of differences that have to happen. So um, this is an area that Apple's investing a lot of effort to get right. And if they get it right, it's going to be a big deal. Um, it's going to be a very big deal for Apple users. Well, certainly for Mac users, because Macs have been shortchanged on games for so many years. And you know, obviously, you follow the game industry far more than I have. You're right about that, Gene, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about developing the underlying technology that makes sure. this sort of seamless uh, UI kit to, to, uh, to app kit stuff possible. Well, that is, um, that, that's, that's the transformative stuff that, that, uh, that, that, that has a lot of applications beyond just games. Well, I mentioned the re end result. Of course, by being able to do this, iOS and Mac OS, Apple is simply clearing the way towards its switch to ARM processors. It's going to make it as seamless as possible for developers, probably easier than switching from PowerPC to Intel. And, you know, Marzipan being a route the other way, but certainly that's certainly going to make the situation a lot easier this time. And if Apple does announce an arm switch for the WWDC, that will be emphasized because developers are going to worry about that. How do you make this transition? How do you optimize the apps? What's going to happen with the apps that are already on Intel? What about virtual machines? Mm -hmm. What about boot camp? How is Apple going to navigate that? How are they going to sail through these troubled waters. If anyone mm -hmm. can do it, Apple can. Peter yes. Cohen is joining us. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-985-1610. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for some when fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're going to wrap up soon with Peter Cohen, so I wanted to continue this. 
because the discussion is fascinating. What Apple is doing is fascinating. What is your assessment about Apple TV Plus? I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, the, the, the actual event where Apple TV Plus was announced sort of left me underwhelmed because it seemed to be uh, Apple sort of aiming this at the entertainment industry as opposed to the general public, um, you know, to sort of flex uh, their authority with all these the A-list talent they've assembled on board. Uh, but, you know, the, the landscape of uh, subscription-based um, TV entertainment is going to continue to complexify. This is a fundamental problem that Apple and everyone else has to figure out, and they've got to figure out a good solution for it. But I don't think consumers are going to be willing um, to absorb the death of a thousand cuts subscribing to every one of these uh, individual services uh, for their content needs. Uh, so there are going to be some winners and losers. There are going to be some shakeouts. There are going to be consolidations. There's going to be a lot of consolidation. There already has been. Uh, there's going to continue to be as well. But Apple's got deep pockets. Apple can make a play for the entertainment market uh, and for the streaming market. So why the hell not? Give it a shot. What do you have to lose except a few billion dollars? And if they can rope in more customers or keep customers with their growing ecosystem, why not? And, you know, it's not even about growing the customers, Gene. I think in Apple's case, it's about continuing to get revenue out of the customers that they already have, right? Um, the services, as I said in an earlier segment, this, the, the, the amount of revenue that Apple gets from services has been increasing uh, consistently year over year and is increasing at a rate that their hardware sales are not and, frankly, won't keep up with. So the more that they can get people paying for things that they're doing with their Apple devices, the more money Apple's going to make in the long term. And then, you know, continuing to support that customer base by pumping out new products year after year that, you know, they can upgrade to and continue to buy and so on. All of a sudden, that antitrust stuff isn't, start, isn't sounding so far-fetched, is it? Huh. Well, also, you see what Apple's doing with its TV stuff, licensing AirPlay 2 to makers of smart TV. Some will get the TV app also. So you'll be able to view your iTunes stuff on a Samsung TV now. Vizio is adding it. They've got beta testing, and it will cover their SmartCast TV sets going back to 2016, they tell me. LG TVs, Sony TVs. They're working with Roku and Amazon to get Apple TV on there. So in addition to introducing these new shows, they're expanding the audience that could receive it. It won't just be users of apple products yes everybody will have access to apple stuff one way or the other interesting to see it on a samsung box though i'm not gonna lie obviously and they were the first they're using what tizen as their operating system on their tv sets they don't use android so that's interesting of course samsung is a major player in the tv set market i think they're number one right now so apple's in a good place to be but it reminds me of when they ported iTunes for Windows. By doing that, the iPod sales soared because most of the users were Windows users. Just as today, most users of iPhones and iPads use Windows. Mm -hmm. So allowing people with different TV sets and different set-top boxes to be able to see Apple's content 
makes it far, far, far easier to get those shows to viewers, potential viewers. Yeah, I mean, lowering the uh, the, the threshold and, and increasing uh, the prospective customer base is really important. I don't know at this point, as far as Apple TV Plus is concerned, how many shows I'd like and what will Apple charge for them. I could see possibilities with the sci-fi stuff. The rest I'm not too sure about. I also worry about reports that Tim Cook might be trying to micromanage these shows with his personal sensibilities because you need something edgy, maybe not R-rated, but strong PG-13, certainly. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I, I've read the, the, the gossip about Tim Cook's involvement in, uh, in the process. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in any of that stuff. What I can say is that I think that, that with anything, most of us out there have limited entertainment budgets. Um, so we look at all these things on a case-by-case basis and say, what have you done for me lately? Now, look, I've been a Netflix customer for a long time. I mean, you know, back to the the mail your DVDs uh, uh, days. And I continue to subscribe to it, even though they are charging me more now than they ever have. Because, honestly, it's become like a cable package for me. Netflix and Amazon Prime are like having Showtime or Stars or, you know, one of the other premium cable stations they you know i can justify that i can justify that expense hulu uh you know hulu was never something on our radar until you could combine hulu with spotify then all of a sudden it was like all right that's a decent value i suspect that the that the calculus that the actual process for figuring that out is pretty much the same in every household across the country right you figure out what your budget's going to be and then you kind of aim accordingly Uh, look apple's got to deliver the goods in order for people to subscribe to this thing there's no question you know the 80s reboots and uh the the rest of it and even oprah is is not going to uh, be enough uh to sustain anyone's interest without a critical mass of content and fresh content coming all the time compelling unique content that you can't find anywhere else give me a reason to subscribe apple and i will but it's on you to make that happen not on me having all these big stars a-list people at the apple event is a message to hollywood we're ready to do business look who's joined us already absolutely yeah that's that's exactly what that was i'm looking here whether i want to continue netflix they're losing the marvel shows okay anything disney goodbye the cbs shows are gone because they have cbs all access the cw superhero shows are going to no longer be available completely maybe part of them will warner's is having a service everybody's having a service you're going to go crazy with this thing and suddenly yeah. all the all the money you saved from cutting the cord guess what folks they're going to get it from you anyway. Oh, yeah, that was a lie. Cutting the cord is not going to save you any money. No, not at all. But if anything, now, some of the cable systems are offering Netflix, by the way. Cox, Charter, Cox bundles it with their contour boxes. Anyway. Is it one of the, uh, one of the, the cell uh, uh, service providers offering free Netflix for a year now? Yep. I can't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Peter Cohen, where do we find more of your stuff? Oh, you can find me uh, 
opining about all sorts of things on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. Um, I also post occasionally to my own website, uh, tips, tricks, uh, hints, and other stuff at Peter-Cohen, that's C-O-H-E-N.com. And he also turns up on the Tech Night Out Live at surprising moments. You never know when he's going to show up. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the red plaid shirt. It's kind of an older picture of me. I look better now. But if you find it, well, that's got to be me. I'm not the only Gene Steinberg in the world, by the way. Just want to let you know there's another Gene Steinberg I saw on Facebook, but don't want to say anything about that. Also, the best way to support this show is to become a subscriber to the Tech Night Owl Plus. For more details, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. That way, that's all you need. And we have an information sheet there that shows you how to sign up with all sorts of links and everything. What you get out of that package is an enhanced audio version of the show, free of the network ad. How can you miss? Prices are just $1.49 a week, a fraction of what you pay for Starbucks. As I say, how can you miss? Peter Cohen, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Talk to you next time, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.